Welcome to the Code Life podcast, and it's um, a podcast special with me, uh, BG, and my great mate Blackers. Hello, mate. And we have got some special guests with us this week, and we're going to be going into some quite considerable detail. We've got uh, Glenn and Tim with us. Uh, hello, boys. Hiya. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, yeah, great. Now, the reason you are here, and we're going to need you guys to speak into this in some considerable detail, is because CVM, Christian Vision for Men, the organisation that me and Black is a part of, commissioned some research. So, I mean, we, we have known each other for some time now, Glenn, actually, going back to when I had a little foray into Cambodia. We first met and you were doing some quite incredible work out there uh, with another organisation you know, around protecting children, weren't you, and stuff. Right, and, but yeah. this this is all developed for you. So why don't you just give us a little bit of background and tell us about this survey and what's actually going on here. Okay, well, yeah, you're right. Protecting children has been something that I've been concerned with for about over 30 years now. So, and, uh, but in order for us to really protect children, we need to think about how they're being uh, exploited in the first place. And one of the ways in which um, they're exploited is um, is sexually exploited. And uh, it's not just children. You know, things don't just stop when they're 18. Um, uh, vulnerable children can become vul vulnerable adults. And uh, and I've got particular concern to make sure that that those uh, that that uh, vulnerability can be reduced. Yeah. So uh, I'm particularly interested in um, the way that Christian men, in particular, um, use uh, pornography. Um, erotic massage and um, and prostitutes or people that are prostituted yeah. um, and uh, because I believe that all of those have got consequences both to the user and to the actors involved in it so I want I want really want to see that us taking the initiative yeah. as the church to address that that issue Fantastic. Tim, why don't you just tell us a bit about you and what yeah. involvement in this? I mean, really, I, I kind of stumbled over um, what Glenn and what Stephen were doing about a year ago. Uh, I saw a, a short kind of like summary video on, um, on the, the, uh, um, the pilot of the study. But my background was, uh, I mean, I mean, before working as a cafe manager and as a youth worker locally, I was working for about 10 years um, on a pastoral staff team. So my engagement was with... Uh, young young people, students, um, but something for myself in terms of where God's really been kind of pushing me and 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 shaping kind of what is what are the things that are close to His heart, what are the things that are close to my heart is some of the similar things, and it's um, I think from from my perspective and for what I've experienced in my own life, um, issues like uh, sexual exploitation um, they are the back end of a much deeper rooted issue, which is. Firstly, about the community, about society, but fundamentally, from a Christian perspective, is about how the church is engaging with those things. Yeah. So that's why I kind of jumped onto onto kind of getting involved in this survey in the last year, and uh, yeah, it's really glad to be part of it. Yeah. Fab, we're, we're drilling into the survey in a moment actually, because it was a quite an extensive bit of work, and and as you can tell from the conversation already, it was. Um, it didn't hold back, I and mean, we were asking some very deep and raw questions of the blokes. In fact, we weren't even sure, were we, mate, whether people would answer honestly, but because no. it's quite, yeah, it's, no. yeah, didn't pull any punches. But it's suffice to say that at, at Christian Vision for Men, we've been working on something called the Code. This is called the Code Life podcast, and 
we've got a whole set of values around not uh, living a life free of addiction and uh, our treatment of, of women and men, uh, a 12 point honour code, which we've talked about extensively. So the reason we did this was it kind of fits, but also in the background, um, some of you will know, I've been quite noisy about it, that I've set up something called Sober Leader and made a, a commitment to a lifetime of sobriety. Uh, I'm at time of recording 12 days off six months and no regrets. But yesterday, um, I, I put another post out about it, you know, getting more leaders engaged. And someone um, put underneath there um, a point I don't totally agree with, but basically saying, look, you know, alcohol isn't a big thing, porn is the big thing. Now, everyone's got the, the thing that they're most concerned about. Obviously, I'm, I, I said to them, well, actually, I'm, I'm sort of looking at all areas of addiction, and we have a page called Sober Vision, which looks at food and fitness addiction and sex addiction and stuff. But it is true um, that whilst alcohol is obviously a big killer and an effect in society, um, sex addiction is often what we don't talk about. So you go to a men's day and they talk about porn, but they won't talk about prostitution, masturbation, sex addiction, what is actually the outcome of looking at porn, where it's an orgasm. So no one actually talks about that and why are you addicted to that particular thing happening? Why do you need it so much to the fact that you would, you know, cheat on your wife by looking at porn if you're married, etc. Or even engage in the exploitation of, of, of young girls who have been used as actresses uh, often, you know, in, in ways where there's uh, brutality in the background and all sorts of stuff. So we don't talk about that. We just talk glibly about porn addiction. So this survey, as we dig into it, you're going to see is um, really tries to get underneath that. And then it, as you'll discover, I felt it was quite damning, actually, or, you know, disturbing. So why don't you, why don't we, uh, or probably you, because we're useless at this sort of thing, the empirical data part, uh, just talk about the basis of the survey, tell us what it was, what sort of questions we were asking, how many people responded, et cetera, and then we'll get into the detail of it. Sure. Yeah, I mean, well, I think maybe just one thing before we get into that, I just want to respond a little bit to, this, to what the survey brings out. Yes, it is a very, a very uh, hard, set of questions and actually the response was um, will bring out certain things which actually definitely you want to be looking yeah. at the community but I think first and foremost one thing that I, I, I got out of just simply seeing the data come back something that you touched on just now Carl is that the, the reality is as churches we aren't talking about it and the thing is is that unless we do talk about it it's never going to shift it's never going to be part of our gospel transformation yeah talking about it, being honest about it is right at the beginning of, of where it is. And so whether or not it's, I wouldn't say it's damning. I would say actually this is in one way for CVM and the network that you have to come back with all this stuff and to be honest about where people have been. Yeah. That's something which I think blesses the, the wider church. So let's not start with the damning side of it. It's going to be difficult, but that's, I guess, the reality of, of what, what a survey is. Um, in terms of methodology, it, is a, it was a, a group of questions which try to really bring and, and get a holistic picture of not only a demographic of, of who this community is, but um, an understanding of, firstly, how did they learn about sex? Um, and then from their, their views on pornography, uh, their use of pornography, then their views on sexual activity, um, and their activity around sexual activity, and then also a portion which is looking at, I guess, within the church community, which is CVM, definitely part of that. Um, actually, 
what is the hope? What, what was the help they've had? What did they hope for? What have their experiences been? And, um, and so that's kind of trying to fit a lot into one survey. So some details couldn't get, we couldn't drill down as much as we wanted sure. to, right? But just trying to get a big overview. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we got, um, I, most of the responses actually came from uh, CVM members. And I, we know that because the responses came shortly after uh, the reminders were sent out. So we think that that's, a, that's probably a strong, strong indication. Um, and so the demographics are probably similar to the, to the demographics of CVM. So uh, we had um, m the majority of people who responded were from between 35 to 64. Yep. Um, and then 93% <coughs> were heterosexual. Um, the other 7% said they were something else. And 84% were married. So <clears throat> that gives you an idea about who we're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, broadly speaking, we're talking about um, 30, 30 to 35 to 55 straight married Christians. Exactly. With a spattering of spattering of others. So that that gives us some context. Now, the uh, the second page in front of me. I mean, these are the sort of broad headlines of the survey. This, this was the one I found the, the first damning thing that I found, yeah. <laughs> which was, where did you learn most about sex from? Um, and, and from parents, it was like 16%. So it said here that people learn most about sex from their school teacher, 25%, from porn, 30%, or from school friends. 52%. Now that's, that's really interesting. I don't know, what do you, what do you make of that, mate? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm no expert, but that seems quite high. Because I've got kids as well, and what age did you say? Well, that's another question. That's another question. So, what you said about the kids. Yeah, no, where are they, learn, yeah. where are they learning about sex yeah. from? From their, from their friends. Yeah. 30% learn from porn, and 52% from their mates. Yeah. So a lot's happening. Well, outside <laughs> of the family. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, and uh, when we asked them, like, <clears throat> what age were you when you first saw pornography? <clears throat> uh, they, they said uh, uh, the majority was between, well, under 12, uh, but mostly um, between 12 and 17, right. frankly. So that was the, big, that, that was the biggest yeah. demographic. So, <clears throat> you know, sometimes we think, oh, well, you know, we don't want to talk about sex. We don't want to talk about pornography with kids too early because otherwise they're going to um, yeah. they're going to look at it. But the reality is that they already are looking at it. You know, and uh, even um, under twelve was um, was uh, ten percent. So, you know, that that's pretty that is pretty concerning and something we need to think more seriously about. So, <clears throat> yeah, the the number of strong Christians who said that they were. Uh, looking at pornography was 30.22 percent so 30 yeah. percent that 30 percent so that's basically a third that's <clears> where <throat> they learned sex from that's where strong th christians yeah but the other interesting thing here is that when it says who do you think children should learn about sex from 92 percent said well me mum and dad but but so i had to think well yeah. have you corrected that then like or always yeah. like you there's what you think you should do and then there's the reality of what's actually happening. And that brings, I then go on to, like, why are we not, 
why are you not teaching your kids about sex? I mean, I, we've got two daughters, they're growing up now, but we, we took on a responsibility of teaching them about sex as soon as we started to get an inkling that, you know, these things were going around the school. We thought, well, let's, we need to sit down and talk about it, you know. Well, I, I remember I learned about sex from my... Um, well, the way it happened for me was my dad didn't say anything to me and my mum gave me a book and she pushed me into the bedroom and sh to shut the door and told me to read it and then <laughs> when I'd read it, to come out. You know, wow. so there was no discussion afterwards. That was I just... I was given a cassette tape. <laughs> oh, my God. That's even worse. No, it's... You know those portable old cassette tape things? I've got to get my dad went, you need to listen to me. <laughs> he said, no, come and talk to me afterwards. Wow. Yeah, it was, uh, it was like a, not, not a joyous sex tape, it was like, <laughs> this is what happens, you know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. But they didn't know any different, because they had the, the book by, written by Spock, you know. <laughs> the original Dr Spock, bring up your kids, but the whole generation got ruined, you know. But that was, that's the way it was, but obviously we're a little bit more enlightened now, which is, I think, which is why I find it interesting that 92% saying, yes, that's what we should do, but still there's that massive gap. Only 16% learnt from their parents. Well, I guess this is, I mean, what, this, what the survey is talking about, you, you're asking the same people that question, isn't mm. it? So these are the people who, this is their experiences, actually. Yeah. So what we're seeing here, the majority of them actually learn more from pornography in school. To be fair, that's actually, that's exactly where I was. That's how I learned about sex. Yeah, how my you? friend, And I'm 30, no, 14. Oh, yeah. I was going to say 35. Yeah, like, yeah, 42. Living in the past, brother. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's the thing. I think retrospectively, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, yeah well, it should have been our parents. But I think maybe what this survey overall does show as we go through some of these things is actually there's that, um, there's that gap between we understand what does it mean to, or we, we see kind of like these, these are things we want to be living out as Christians. Mm. Do, do our, does our activity, does our habits, or do they, are, they, are they in line? And that's where perhaps where, where yeah. this survey does, you know, through the honesty of the people who've been answering this, it shows that there's a gap yeah. uh, between that. Um, well, and the other interesting starts, yeah. stat here, just to pull out, because yes. we do know a lot of people who are youth workers, 48% yes. uh, of strong Christians learn from youth leaders, 41% of nominal Christians, which just goes to show the importance of a godly youth worker, right? Yeah, exactly. They're actually saying that's what we want. They, we want to see that. Yeah. Um, compared to actually only. 4%. Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry, I read that yeah. wrong. Yeah. yeah, sorry. So four percent learn from youth leaders, but forty percent want to learn. Exactly. So only four yeah. percent actually get yeah. got. It. So that shows a few progressive churches who have thought, yeah, this is important. Amazing. We need to include it, mm. uh, which is great, but it's not enough, is it? Not enough. But, you know, just to, just to show the importance, because we, we, youth work has sort of fallen off a cliff during the pandemic. The kids kind of just scattered, didn't they? And yeah. we, we really need to see the churches uh, reinvesting that. I mean, you're in the stage, mate, where you've got, you know, you've got young teenage kids. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Um, well, yeah, we're looking at the moment, and our, our, our sort of search is driven by trying to find, like, similar age kids that have got fave to be around our kids. Because our children don't have any non, uh, don't have any Christian friends, so it's yeah, it's a real challenge for us. Um, and I think a lot of parents with kids that are teenagers, like we are, are saying church for us now. It's not about us. The next block of time, four or five years, it's just about how do we get our kids in an environment and space that's Christian and, and that's good for them. Right. But the reality is that most of them are going to go to state school, aren't they? Where they and uh, they're not going to 
you know, they're not, they are going to be exposed to a lot yeah. of stuff which we don't necessarily like. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's only a few children that are in Christian schools per se. Mm. And, you know, I think that we, we need to prepare them for the real world as well, mm. you know, not just yeah. hang. But, I, you know, I love the idea of them hanging around with their Christian mates, but, mm. but also at the same time recognising that they are going to be around other kids as well. Yeah. Mm. I mean, Nathan, when you're talking about, you've you got your teenage... Children and they're sorry, they're two daughters or they're two. Two daughters and a son. And a son. Okay. I mean, I've got I've got two young boys now, so they're five and nine. Right. But um, and so when you talk about like how do you kind of start lining things up for yeah. for your kids and stuff, that's that's something which for me I'm I'm already kind of like struggling with, and and I'm and I'm with the people that are answering the survey. I'm, I'm they've got a lot of experience about kind of working through the struggles of that. But one one thing that I think the survey does show again is what's the balance between church and what's the balance between the home and, and how do those kind of things kind of interplay because um, in my previous work when I was working with youth work it did seem like there was an over not an over dependency on youth work but it seemed like okay youth leaders they can do that stuff there mm. and then it felt like sometimes that the parents would come like drop off and yeah, kind of push yeah. through but yeah. like I guess what we're seeing here that we need to have a more collective kind of a yeah. kind of like a, a pull together yeah, Let's, uh, let's get into some of these um, questions now about um, sexual thoughts and behaviour. Um, I don't know if you want to talk us through this, Glenn or Tim. Yeah, so um, uh, embedded in the research was uh, six key questions, right? And these questions, we didn't say specifically why we included them, but we included them because um, there's been some research that's been done in, in the States and they found that um, if those uh, questions are answered positively, if, if three or more of those questions are answered positively, then, then there, is a, there is a concern that the person who, who wrote those could, um, could uh, has a propensity to addictive behaviour. Right. I'm trying to be cautious there, because <laughs> I don't want everyone to think. But, and also there's a whole controversy around what we mean by addiction, especially when it comes to sex. But I think the controversy is more from people who are not comfortable with uh, admitting that they have got challenges with it. So the questions were, for example, do you, do you find uh, yourself preoccupied with sexual thoughts? Well, the response was uh, 59% for that. Um, do you hide some of your sexual behavior from others? That was um, 65%. Have you sought counseling for any aspect of your sexual behavior? Um, that was uh, just under 20%. Has anyone been hurt emotionally because of your sexual behaviour? That's 32%. It is high, yeah. I mean, we're talking about, that's a third, isn't it? Um, yeah. And so that means that they're already aware that they've hurt somebody as well. Yeah. And that's not necessarily including those who maybe a bit have not been sensitive to that. Um, do you feel controlled by your sexual desire? Um, 24%. And do you feel depressed or discouraged about some aspect of your sexual behaviour? And that was 55%. So all of those, you know, that's quite a... Mm -hmm. that, that, those are high. Those, those yeah. figures to me seem really high. They're and when, high. when we looked at the... Um, those, those who had um, over three... Uh, between three and six answers that they that were yes for that, those questions, was 47%, nearly, nearly half. We're talking about nearly half. So, to be clear on this, then, nearly half the people who responded to this survey uh, 
are in danger of sexual addiction or are well actually just do i mean just credit it's actually the other way so it's 52 percent said three to six Okay. Right. 52%. Oh, sorry. Did I? So actually, yeah, okay, sorry, so over right. half uh, have half, a propensity yeah. or are right, risk yeah. of sexual. Addiction. But I think again to caveat some of that, some of the things that it's good to just mention on sure. those things is that um, when the the person who who so to a bit of background on what the PFOS um, questions are, they are they are used as a screening, uh, like an initial screening set of questions, to allow uh, practitioners. Um, to a, who are looking at sexual addiction to just get a gauge of okay, what? How does this person? Does he? Does is there a tendency? Could there be a, an issue with sexual addiction? Um, I mean, other things to be bearing in mind though is also a lot of it is about self-reflection. So, if a person um, and within the Christian community, maybe this is something where Christians they have reflected more on this. They would answer these things more honestly. That you know that to, to take that in balance as well. So when we say that. 52% people say that they've answered positively to these questions. That doesn't say anything about the journey of where they are in the Christian faith. That doesn't say about where they have kind of deal, dealt with some of these issues. It really is more just simply yes or no. It, and so these aren't concrete to say. It's more to say, okay, we're in a ballpark that we, it would be maybe useful to think about, okay, so what are some of the issues that, that could be coming up? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I just want to emphasise again that we're, this isn't, we're not um, diagnosing people, we're not pointing the finger at people, we're trying to say, let's be more open and honest about where we are with this, so, and share with each other so that we can learn to do, to, to, to really deal with it. Mm -hmm. um, so let's, let's keep, because we want to get to, you know, in good time, you know, what do we do about all this? So sure. let's, but let's keep pressing through these stats because it really does start to build a picture. We want to views on pornography. So uh, talk us through that, guys. Okay, so first of all, we asked, what's your view on pornography? And 74% um, said negative. So that's interesting because even though they felt it was, uh, you know, three quarters of people said they thought it was negative, yeah. there was still... That, that wasn't what was reflected in the amount of people who actually um, still did it, you yeah. know. Uh, if you consider pornography to be wrong, why? Um, and then we had a number of responses that people could, uh, could tick or click on. Um, so the biggest one was that, uh, again, three quarters of people said it can be addictive. Mm. Um, and then... So, sorry, just to pause there, that's interesting. It is mm. interesting, yeah. like, You know... self It's almost like a self... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they know that there's happening yeah. out there. Yeah, but there's a couple things there. Like, I, know this, I know this is a problem I get into, but also, as a Christian, I would have thought the primary reason why you think pornography is wrong is exploitation. Yeah. But actually, it was more about, well, it's my issue. It's an issue that could harm me. Well, that... <laughs> what about harm it's doing yeah, to the people? Yeah, that's true. It's interesting. And also... Um, something wrong somewhere. There is something wrong. And I, I think particularly I'm concerned about that because, you know, that's my... That's the whole reason why I'm doing this survey is because I'm concerned about it being abusive to the actors who I believe are made in the image of God, you know, and we all, we all should believe yeah, well, that. Yeah, that, well, that was like only half the people. Yeah, exactly. That, in comparison, that was only just over half. And then 61% said morally wrong, but I wonder if you could unpack that, I wonder what that would mean for most people, you know. So um, I think, uh, you know, another concern is uh, it can lead to other forms of negative sexual behaviour for the viewer. So that, that was 60%. So there is a recognition of that and it can cause relationship breakdown in marriage, that's 
And both of those things, I think, are really, really concerning, aren't they? I mean, you know, we, uh, mar uh, pornography is cited so often in marriage breakdown now when it comes to divorce as one of the reasons. Is that why? It is, very high. Wow. Um, and so... Uh, I didn't you, know that. Yeah. And, and then the other one was, which people, a third of people s said this, was uh, makes a viewer feel physically inadequate for the, in terms of body, you know, their own image right. of their body and then performance as well. See, and, and I found that stat quite fascinating too. That, I, that, that, that actually it's bringing out insecurities in people. Because for me, whenever I've taught on why we should not look at pornography, it's always been about the, the theological, moral, you know, sort of societal impacts. I've never once thought about, you know, actually the primary thing is, you know, I might feel inadequate about myself or, <laughs> or uh, do you know what, I, I might get addicted. I've always thought about the outcomes on other people. Well, I think, I think it's probably more something else going on here in society. For, for, for younger people. Remember that this survey is for over 35s, but mostly over 35s have responded to this. I would reckon if you answered that to younger ones, there, it would be much higher. For, because, what about um, body image? Yeah, body image is Well, so I'm surprised that even a third worry about it. You know, yeah. I mean, we, we obviously we're such athletes that we don't, you know, we didn't feature in our thing, but I just find that we, it's, it's not what I... When I look first thought, it's like that's not what I thought people would be thinking about. I thought good, godly, strong Christians would be talking about the impacts on other people. Because it's a sacrificial faith about sacrifice for others. I mean, this is where that, again, it's the unpacking of it. Because, yeah, a majority would say morally wrong. But the, the question is, what do, they, what do they really mean by that? And yeah. I guess that's where you have to have a, a slight gap between things that you are know you will answer as this is yeah. why it's wrong but actually yeah. when it comes down to it what is it why 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 is it wrong and if they don't yeah. and if we as men aren't really clear about that then when it comes to something where it's as tempting as pornography is then it's then you know then those are the things that we, we I mean decide. what what is absolutely clear to me is that we're not teaching on this clearly enough mm. you know in the church no mm. like, what do you mean it's interesting because we do obviously have contact with a lot of men's groups, but I think the teaching has been almost like I've messed up again. I need a reset and then I go again and try and be better. And, and that's sort of, I feels like that's the pattern we get stuck in. Yeah. Rather than it's not just about you getting it wrong, being forgiven and starting again. Instead, let's aim for some different, different goals in your life or let's set some targets that are going to push you and what is positive. the actual impact here what is this actually yeah. leading yeah, to yeah, in your yeah, life yeah. yeah i think i think also to be fair on everyone who you know it we're in a culture we're in a society that where we're being pushed so much in this mm. you know you know the clickbait thing, the whole clickbait thing, which is now, you know, in all the supermarkets and that, you know, you click and then it yeah. tells you, it tells you what products you might want because it knows what you want, what you had last time. Actually, that's all based on pornography. You know, yeah. that originally we came from pornography because yeah. of the clickbait in pornography. So right. you know that if you click on this, it's going to lead you to other stuff, which you, which it knows that what well, you're likely to like and then so on. So then, so, you know, it's, it's, it's just you get sucked into this vortex and you know even advertising and you know what's on um what we're watching on on uh, uh any kind of video apps or anything 
then it's all it's all pushing us in a direct in a certain direction. Mm. So it's not entirely our own fault. You know, we we are, we are we have got these things, but we need to be aware of them and to think about ways which we can cut them off, basically. Mm. It's an interesting cultural thing as well in the ear that and I think you were picking up on this that we're more concerned with us than others. So that's, what trying, that's, that's what I was trying to say. That's really that quite striking, better. isn't it? It's like actually, yeah, porn can damage me. It's almost narcissistic. It, it is, it is. We've got this addiction going on, but we're looking at it from a narcissistic lens. Yeah. How is this impacting me? Yeah. I find that really interesting. Is it? Yeah, but What's is, happening? I don't know. Well, I think one thing that I was really, I mean, because I had a chance to look through the, the colon, and I think what that brings across is that actually, when we talk about living out the gospel, far from it being a, because I want to build myself up, it really becomes actually it's because we are, we're supposed to be the protectors, the leaders yeah. the, of the community. And, and this is where, I guess that's where that, that bite is, isn't it? It's, yeah. it when it moves in, it's moving away from what is, how did it benefit me, how did it hurt me? Like, well, no, it's more than that. It's, it's actually... Where am I within the community? Yeah, how do I protect the weak and stand against the abuse of power? Yeah. Is one of the codes. But this is how do I make my life feel better for myself? Yeah. <laughs> and this is the yeah. disconnect here, where the pornography is again isn't seen as a something which impacts others. Mm. Um, it is well, okay. From my own point of view, in terms of my addiction to pornography when I was younger, mm. when I screwed up, it's the guilt and my direct like, oh no, now I'm sinful and mm. now God. And maybe that was the problem. The problem wasn't about anyone else. It was, certainly wasn't about the actors and act the actresses, didn't it? It wasn't about my girlfriend. It was, it was all oh, me. I feel bad. I feel bad about it. And, and, and yeah, how do you break through that? How do we get through those kind of... And yet there is an understanding here. You know, 71% said that they, they, they felt that the frequent use of pornography can lead to strained sexual relations within marriage. Yeah, yeah. You know, they they get they get that it. I mean, then that's a, that's their most you know significant relationship, isn't it, with their partner? Yeah. Mm. I might be on thin ice for this one. We might want to edit this out. But uh, my mates, for example, aren't going looking for what seems to be exploited women. What they watch would be they would turn around and say, well, "We're having a great time." Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think there isn't that consciousness. There isn't that. This woman could be trafficked, or she's probably, you know, she might have an addiction. She's doing that to fund it. it a lot of porn seems to be quite—I don't know how I'm wording this—but do you know what I mean? It's not showing well, it's exploitation. Consensual, completely it, it comes across as consensual. And yeah. but what? But what you've got to realise is that they're actors. Right. That's the whole point. Yeah. Is that they're actors? So you know, behind the cameras, there may yeah. be a lot of crying and, yeah, yeah. and desperation, anger and desperation. But in but front of the cameras, that. they yeah. know they have to perform. They, yeah. I mean, there are there is a particular genre of porn, of course, that is, you know, violent and it's yeah, yeah, and it's nasty stuff. Yeah. And and what I want to say also is that you know you start off with with the okay stuff, you know, the soft stuff, and then mm. it, and then you know we all know mm. that it go it's a slippery slope oh, yeah. and you get yeah, stuck yeah. into stuff that's that's gets nastier and nastier. Well, also probably I would I would push back a little bit, not so much push back from it, but more just just in some ways perhaps with where we are and within the church community we're a bit behind the curve in terms of what is what is really out there now yeah, yeah. so recently there's this is excellent uh, um documentary um called uh, porn the new sex ed and that's uh, that's something which is a uh, it's youtube and there's something that's kind of pick oh, yeah, and then overall actually society is really picking up on this now but you look at pornography now actually 
the majority of pornography as you step into those sites. So you look at Pornhub, which, was, which had a huge kind of shutdown because they realized that a huge amount of these people were, were being trafficked, a huge amount of these women were, were being abused. But the thing is that the, 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 the pornography that is most accessed in this time is violent. Mm. It is not about consensual, it is about pretty much women being acted against violently. Now, they may pretend to like it, but the, the fact is that the, the baseline is now shifting to, to it being very much women being used and violently and all these things. And this is where like, the mindset, the culture, um, it's, becoming so, it's becoming so toxic in, in that sense. And it's becoming toxic enough for the wider world, the wider generation, not, not secular, the wider community now to pick up on it. My question would be, is the church really kind of like... Well, I think, Nathan, the other point, though, uh, I think Nathan does make a a valid point in that we are in a hedonistic society. Mm. And there will be women and men who are sexually addicted, who like acting it out on film and and getting that uploaded. And the blokes who look saying that say, well, I'm I'm engaging with porn that is fully consensual. And I know that. And actually, we film each other. Yeah, well, that's the only fan stuff. Right, that are right. Normal so people showing course, themselves as actors. It's the law of diminishing returns because yeah, it stops course. satisfying. That leads into other things, and of course, there's huge ethical dilemmas, and, and yeah. there's consequences around that behaviour too. But but that is a justification that some people will use, I mean, and the church needs to understand that society is is increasingly hedonistic, and we've got a younger generation that don't understand even these why these are questions. Yeah. It's it's changed. So, Thing is, I remember growing up, and some of the age range that we've sort of mined here, I think we'll have a shared experience. It was, it was finding an odd page of a porn mag in the woods, and you'd be like, look at this. You know, those days are gone. You know, it is streamed, and it's a torrent now, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's a new world of porn. And so much of it's freely available. Yeah. That's the challenge, yeah. yeah. I mean, we know that with addiction, yeah, how, how accessible something is and yeah. how cheaper it is, is what, what can fuel right. addiction. And we know with both of those, you know, they're available in everyone's, everyone's phone, aren't they? Mobile yeah. phone now. So let's, um, let's get into these stats on viewing porn. Um, have you ever intentionally viewed pornography? And we want to thank the guys for being so honest. Um, we appreciate that because it helps us get a picture. 89.41% said yes, only 0.61% declined to answer no was 9.98 percent so 89.4 percent of uh, respondents said yes they had intentionally viewed porn in terms of ages when they first saw pornography um nearly 11 percent were under 12 35 nearly 36 percent were 12 to 14 23 percent 15 to 17 very small percentage 65 plus like 0.2 percent uh, 30, by 35 to 44 years of age, you're only at 1.63%. So most people by age of 24, according to this, had viewed pornography and some as, you know, utter minors. And then when it came to how often people are viewing porn, um, more than weekly, 12%, more than monthly, 10%, occasionally 20%, rarely 23%. Never just under 20%, but chose not to answer... 11%, which, you know, why do you choose not to answer? Um, anyway, daily, 2%. So basically, broad summary here, 
porn is getting to people at a very young age and people are viewing it quite often. That's the right exactly. and, I, and you know, having done a lot of research around this sexual behaviour, even when even when uh, it's completely anonymised, I I think that the results are still very conservative, and I think people were more likely to answer questions, you know, around those those six questions that we talked about, which gave an indication that half of them have, uh, have a tendency towards addiction, compared to what they've they've actually said here. So. We, you know, I would pretty much suggest that it's quite a bit higher, really, but people just feel uncomfortable about saying how often that they've got to do it because then that's admitting that they've got a problem, isn't it? Yeah. I think also just to, and leading on a little bit about what we were saying previously, so the, uh, the, the community that responded here, more like 35 plus, so like you're saying, when we were 12 or whatever it was, it, it, the, the, the access to, this, to these kind of images and content was very, very different. Uh, more within the, for, the, for the young people now these days, actually, when you look at the response for other surveys that have looked at more for their age, um, it's, it's, it's not so much about intentional or not. It's the reality is that most people would be in, would be engaged in porn from a very young age, and it's not about intentionality because it's just the the content and the access of it is so open. It's pretty much just put into your faces, and and that already starts to impact the way we think. That starts to impact how we view all sorts of things. And before we move on from porn, I, I just want to say as well that I think you know there. What we know is that there are some young people now who've got who get addicted in. in uh, get addicted to porn at a really early age and it gets to the point where they don't actually want real relationships because because they just get off on the on the pictures and the, on the videos so why, why would you why would you go through the trouble of trying to build a relationship with somebody yeah. I mean that's tragedy isn't it really yeah. is that's um, part one of the, the podcast so far guys um, just looking at some of the, the survey the stats around pornography uh, we're going to go on to be looking at actual sort of physical sex outside of marriage and um, prostitution, sexualised massage, and we're going to be looking at what, what we actually feel we can do about this and how we can uh, move forward and, and help men out there. So uh, listen back in.